Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the May 2020 edition of The Bizarre Bringing. Hello. Uh, I'm Bryce Castillo, wow. joined as always with Brant Hughes. Hi, that's me. And we've got John Rail. That's me. We'll have uh, Corey joining us a little later, but mm-hmm. uh, apparently he has more important meetings to do. Uh-huh. He's got to do classic business. Mm. Whatever. He's got to make that money. Uh, this is the behind the scenes monthly podcast where uh, we talk about the things that go on here at Bizarre Magic. Uh, all the YouTube channels like Modern Rogue and Scam Nation, the Scam Stuff channel, uh, the podcasts, Night Attack, and Cord Killers, Weird Things, this show. Uh, talk about the, the production facilities, the shooting process, the editing process, all that stuff. We got a lot of, uh, we got some good topics today. Let's start with uh, one of the big ones, Brant. Mm. Uh, this has kind of been your baby, and it's uh, as of, what was that, Sat- Friday, Saturday? Is Friday. uh is, is late Friday late late Friday is uh wrapped and, and complete. You want to tell us about it? Yeah. So the Zeta provocation. Ooh. It was kind of um this this series. Um, I guess it ended up only being three chapters, but um, basically Jason had set up this kind of ARG esque like uh, set of challenges around the property, and uh, and basically got Brian to go through each of them and string him along. Um, and there's a little bit of, a little bit of lore in there as well. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a whole fun thing. I think we talked maybe, uh, we talked a little bit about shooting it previously. Right. Um, this was the big scavenger hunt episode, that kind of all day mm-hmm. shoot that we had talked about. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it was, it was like a big five, six hour thing and really exhausting. Um, and we just kind of went around everywhere and we didn't really know how it was going to break up, uh, as we were shooting it. We didn't know if it was going to be like, oh, two challenges per video or all of them in one video or three challenges per video. We weren't really sure, um, until we got, until like I got into the edit and really kind of saw how the pacing would work. Well, what was, Um, what was the initial like first pass edit time? Like how long of, uh, of a timeline did you have to work with? Um, so I pr- probably like three hours because we did split up cards. So I didn't import all of the footage at once. Mm. Um, I just imported like the first set of stuff that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I just kind of, I, I actually originally had a different ending point for the first episode, but then as, as I was working with it, I was like, oh, this makes more sense. And then I just got rid of the rest. Yeah. So, um, um so, uh, the, I know when we shot it, there were kind of six, sections to it is it two and two and mm-hmm. two uh more or less okay. i think yeah yeah and and so one of the things that i i kind of wanted to do because we ended up ending every episode with brian like conclusively figuring one out and then finding coordinates for a new thing and then going to the new thing and we kind of cut there because that's that's sort of a natural resting point Mm-hmm. Um, but it is generally two things. The first one is a little weird because it's, um, you know, it's kind of an information overload. Um, and he spent a first... long time on that one time pad and it ended up not being the right thing he yeah. had been doing. Right. Yeah. There was like, I want to say two false starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. And then also like the first challenge wasn't really a challenge. It was literally just here, here are coordinates. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was kind of a weird one, but it was also just like sort of an introductory phase and everything. Um, and then uh, I guess the the last one is uh, it was three challenges, but really it was two challenges. And the last one was, and here's the thing, 
Um, oh. But Brian kind of turned it into a challenge because he just couldn't find a thing for a <laughs> it long time. It took so long to find it. That yeah. was that was really funny. Uh, him having difficulty because we on the production side knew where things were going and and what the solutions were. Mm-hmm. But like I know I hadn't been out there physically to see everything, especially this kind of hidden thing. And so right. Brian spending like what twenty minutes or so. <laughs> Uh, had to have been yeah not just like really looking at the bench that was clearly the thing he was like he would just keep walking around it going up in the woods found a piece of scrap tape he's like maybe this is a clue (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i i mentioned it when we were shooting it and it it's certainly not in the episode but like um not too long before I before we recorded that video, I was working on the first pass edit for our original Dead Drop Spike video. Mm. And that video has like a similar thing at the end where Brian's trying to find the hidden thing and he's just like going around in circles, getting close to it and going past it. Um, but in that first pass edit, he talks about how he was playing it up a little bit. Like he maybe didn't know exactly where it was, but he was kind of playing it up some. Mm. And so I was so sure that for this, he was totally playing it up because he was like, he's putting his foot like right on top of it and like wiggling the bench (laughs) a little bit. And I was like, there's no way he doesn't know what it is. But he took so long that it, I I don't think he was playing it up. I think he just like got too in his head about there's got to be some challenge here. Yeah, because I know from where I was standing, I was kind of off to the side while you guys were shooting it. I was peeking to try and see if I could see it because it didn't really stick out unless you were looking at the right angle or if you mm-hmm. like, you know, actually explored it and, and tried to, you know, see see what was, you know, under underneath. Um, right. And any other fun bits from, from doing... Oh, I guess the other part is that there is a separate challenge within uh, within that video. Yeah, so that was that was the thing that Brian really pushed for. Um, he seemed to really want something that people could play along with at home. Um, but like how a lot of these go, it sort of came down to me to like figure out how to implement them in in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there there are embedded challenges in each of the three chapters, and they kind of build off of one another. So you kind of you know you use one to uh, not really figure out how to approach the next one, but you know, you kind of combine the the solutions to each of them. Um, and yeah, that's a fun thing. And there there is a reward at the end of that, but um, but we haven't we haven't quite revealed that yet. It's the reward is about to cut off soon. So there are um, limited slots for that reward, is my understanding. Yeah. And they are what eighty uh, percent claimed at this point or so. Yeah, we, we we have 50 slots and 44 of them are taken. 44, so. wow. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there, cool. there's a little little bit of time. And uh, it, it's been it's been fun seeing people uh, figure this one out because, you know, the last time we did an embedded code thing, it was uh, nearly <laughs> <a> impossible. Good... <laughs> um, mm. And, you know, we, we've talked about the intents of that embedded uh, code on the show before. Um, but with this one, I wanted to, I wanted it to be a little bit more accessible and I wanted people to be able to find it. And I wanted it to be just a little bit more friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's nice to see that people 
are actually finding it and actually having fun with it and enjoying it. That's cool. And and so it was uh, uh you, you kind of had an intentional uh way when you were designing this new puzzle to make it easier to solve or uh, Yeah, I I also just wanted it to be less obscure and a little bit more um clear. I wanted it to be you know, I I think with the, with the previous code, I had some sort of like uh, some sort of notion that oh well, if you if you happen to stumble across this, if you happen to find this, then you'll you'll know that y- you have a piece of the puzzle. Whereas it maybe the communication wasn't as clear as I maybe uh, imagined it was. So here, I just tried to like make it a little bit more transparent and clear. Even though it might be hard to find exactly what you're looking for, I wanted it to be such that. If you if you find like the starting clue, um, it should give you everything that you need, so that if you find the rest of it and piece it together, you know for sure that like okay, this is this is what is being looked for. Nice. Uh, so overall, now that now that all the parts of it are out, how do you how do you feel about them? How do you feel like it came out? How do you feel like the shooting, especially because the shooting was kind of run and gun and kind of different than. Uh, than how we normally mm-hmm. do. Uh, what, what, what would, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? I, I enjoyed it. And I think, I think a big part of it is the fact that most of these episodes got a little bit more time than they usually get. Um, mm-hmm. I know the, the first chapter got an extra week on the edit schedule. And then the last, I, I feel like one of them got like a couple of days or something. Yeah, the last one um, was supposed to be a Wednesday, and, but we bumped it to Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, right, right. Um, and man, like I've, 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 I've felt the constricting uh, deadline as like kind of uh, inhibiting what I can do with episodes for a long time. And so it's nice to just like get a little bit of that breathing room. Um, sometimes it's tough because it might get pushed back like last minute. So I, I. You know, it, 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 in an ideal world, right, like you, you have a deadline at the beginning and then you're able to like spread out your priorities across that entire uh, working timeline. Um, but I mean, regardless, it, 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 it was really helpful. Um, so I, I, I like the way it came out and, you know, the feedback's been pretty positive, even if, you know, it, it hasn't exactly blown up in huge numbers or anything. Yeah, they um, seem to dig it. Uh Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell me about the title? Sure. The Zeta um, Provocation, Thus Spoke Zarathustra. Yeah, so... Um, this, this spoilers. Oh, unless this is a clue. Uh, are we giving away a clue? No, it's, it's, it's not a clue. It's just... If anybody doesn't want to know uh, what's, what some of the lore payoffs at the end of the last chapter are... Then go ahead and watch that first. Um, but as we find out in the in the uh, redacted classified document at the end of chapter three, um, we find out that it's not the organization is not actually called TMZ Cobra. In fact, Jason, the operative named Cobra, has been exposed to the changeling alien for so long that his mental faculties have been deteriorating. And the organization TZM, he has been calling TMZ Cobra. Um, and so TZM, I, I want to say, is like the Zeta Mandate. Um, and, um, 
And so I just wanted the Zeta provocation. It's where Jason is provoking Brian into going through this whole challenge. Um, and I liked, I liked kind of teasing that payoff from the beginning by that being the name of the series. Also, I think it's just like a cool series of words. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so very cool. Uh, any other last thoughts on the Zeta Provocation series? I guess Electric Boogaloo. Uh, I guess we've we've kind of finished it. It's uh, how are you itching to do more embedded puzzles, Brant? Given given how well, I mean, the, at least the solving of them is is going. Right. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess same as last time. Like, if the, if there's an appropriate place to do them. I got no problem with it. I, I think sometimes it can be fun to like figure out ways to hide stuff. Um, but it's, it's not something that I'm, I'm like really pushing for uh, anytime soon. Nice. Um, as far as these series, the first pass edits have been postponed. Just want to note that because obviously we're not, we're not like trying to like boost out the, our, our coordinates or anything. Um, mm. But they are, exported and rendered so at at some point in time when that is a thing that we don't mind being like super publicly shared then that'll just get posted to patrons um and uh one last thing on that um i just wanted to make a quick note of like uh jason's puzzle construction mm -hmm. um for this because it there's there's a, a little bit of a different language that you have to use than say something like the embedded puzzles we use for the for the uh viewers yeah um, and it's interesting. I, I, I would be interested to hear, uh, what lessons Jason learned from it, because I think some things worked pretty well and some things didn't. So, mm -hmm. um, like Brian actually clued into a certain language that Jason was using, um, which was really interesting that, you know, anytime he moved to a new location, he would be given some information and he would either with that information alone be able to find the next coordinates or with that information plus one of the tools he found early on um yeah. so there was never there's never like a mixing of multiple tools at any given time yeah um, I, th I think the only thing that screwed up brian at the beginning was receiving all the tools at once yeah mm -hmm. i think i think if that was a thing where maybe they were numbered or there was iconography to go along with them of like this is uh, uh, the fire, and there's a little fire token somewhere at the location. Mm -hmm. um, I think or that, even just that, like, mm -hmm. uh, even just like doling out the tools or something, where maybe you know, if um, God, I don't even remember how he solved the the challenge once he got the box. Um, but if like if I if, think we kind of helped him with the the phone number one. I think we kind of helped him with that. Oh uh, yeah, there were some there were some vague hints. Um, which also like that's that's a big difference between like the uh, viewer puzzles and these is that you know clearly we're putting on a show and everything and we don't want to tell Brian the answer but at the same time we can't sit there for two hours watching him not do anything right um, so especially we, when like like once he had that one time pad he was he wanted to use it for everything yeah and yeah it, literally it, every single stop and it wasn't it was meant for the last bit so that's mm. um, yeah and so Tough. yeah so we would kind of feel out like when like a, a big thing we did is um telling you know if, if he was stuck on something for too long we would just tell him whether he was um like on the right path or not like if, if it was if he was doing something that should that is just like not helpful at all and should just totally be ditched so that way at least mm -hmm. 
You know, like we're not telling him what to do, but we're saying, hey, this isn't helpful. You should keep brainstorming. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, um, but yeah, I, I think in, uh, a thing Jason could have done is like, if, if there's a tool that is being used for a challenge, give him the tool in the step before it or something like that, you know, instead of all at once. Um, and I, I think there are like little things like that that could have been tweaked to, to make it better. But o- overall, I think there was, there was just like enough thought and attention put into the entire collective piece that it kind of washed over those, um, those problems and still made it like a really enjoyable experience. Nice. Yeah. Uh, very cool. There's your Zeta provocation. Mm. <laughs> uh, we got a, in terms of talking about other, other um, big things going on uh, about two weeks ago, I, I teased this out last episode of this show and we ended up, we ended up doing it and we ended up starting it. Uh, we are, uh, a, and we are a partnered creator, uh, f- with TikTok. So we are making, um, some TikTok videos on, uh, at modern rogue on TikTok. Um, it is, it is mostly scam nation content, but, but we are, uh, we, we have plans in place to also do some modern roguey DIY sciencey type stuff as well. Um, yeah, I was kind of I was kind of curious about that because it does seem, at, at least right now, it does seem very scam nation. So I was, I was kind of confused by the modern rogue name. There were reasons that that it's unveiling the way it is, um, mm. but but we we do also because it's it's very easy for us to put to make to do the magic stuff, um, especially now where there's not a lot of time with Jason, um, and so it's it will it. It w- there will be some mix uh, uh, down the road, but um, right now we have a certain number of, of videos that they would like us to make in a certain time, and we gotta make videos. <laughs> so we uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, have for I think we've been doing it for about two weeks now. We've been doing five or six. I think we've been doing six videos a week. Just little. They're they're a maximum of one minute long. Some of them are are two parters of like, hey, here's a grab some matches and, and set up this, this puzzle. Can you do it? And then a second part explaining, you know, the answer. Um, and it's been very interesting to see what takes off, what doesn't, and what time, how much time it takes for something to kind of take off. Um, hmm. Oh, it's interesting looking at the numbers on the web because these play counts look way lower than what I've seen via the app. Via the app, it says we've got like over a million plays across these like mm. 15 or 16 videos. Um, but looking at it on the web, you would be hard struck to find like 500,000 maybe. Um, so that's that's interesting. Like like TikTok is such a weird thing because it's very strongly algorithm based, right? For most people, they just open up the app and you just look at whatever's in front of you and you swipe and you go to the next thing. Uh, you can choose to follow people, um, and we've gotten we've gotten a good number of followers and and um, a, a lot of of, of interesting um, like feedback and comments. Uh, it's it reminds me of like kind of old days of scam school, where like oh no they cut they made a cut there so that's. They were hiding something. There's a magnet in the cork. Yeah. The that mm. vi- the video's reversed. That yeah. one's re- they reversed it. 
you know. I want I want Brian to do my lecture rant video idea where he just explains that it's never a magnet. Mm, I I guess so, but I think it's it's also funny if people just keep thinking that it's magnets. And, <laughs> and that's part of that's part of the mystique. Um, there's a whole uh, and I don't know, but it's it, but it's really interesting, and we're like a verified or a partner account on TikTok, so. We also don't really know how much that algorithm also gives us a boost in that way. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really like parts unknown on TikTok, um, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of really interesting things. Um, if you're just like an everyday user of TikTok, there's a ton of music you can just use for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we when we're doing these partner videos, we have a certain library of music that uh, they would prefer us to use. Um, so we're not playing Meg the Stallion or, or, or anything like that. Um, but they also have like interesting editing tools. They have on-screen text tools that are really clever. They're not like perfect tools. They're not great to use. It's kind of got the Instagram problem. I always have this whenever I post, especially videos to Instagram where like it's all touch-based and so mm-hmm. if you're scrubbing along to find like the cover, a cover frame for a video and you find it and then you lift your finger and lifting your finger makes it change to another <laughs> frame. You have that with text like you could you can set durations for text. And so I get that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. They have a bunch of filters, a ton of effects. Um, they've got like you can do a little A-B poll sort of thing. You can add GIFs. It's it's really cool i don't know it's kind of cool to try something um that is kind of a just like let's burn everything down and try again let's just build it from the top from from the bottom up um and try to put in all these tools for uh um for creators to make it a place for creators not just to like upload but also to like make inside the app I have a uh, I have a TikTok related question. Maybe this is maybe this is like old man out of touch kind of thing. Sure. Um, I I feel like I remember TikTok being a thing where it was mostly just videos of people with audio from other videos. Is that still a thing? Was it that is. never a thing? Is that is there is there like a new thing now? Is it is it like now there's original content as well? So um, what's what's the situation on TikTok? The situation uh, is so that is uh, uh, so yeah. When you make a video, video. you are making, making uh, uh, audio for that video. So someone can can click on. There's a little button at the bottom of the videos that say who the vi- if it is, if there's a song, it says who the song is. If it's just your thing, it says your username. You can tap that and use that audio in a video. You can also do uh, duets where you're recording a thing and that video is posted, posted side by side with the original video. You can make like picture in picture reaction videos now, mm-hmm. like natively in TikTok. Um, uh, and so that that is all still there, right? It's still like there's still a lot of like weird lip syncing things, dancing videos and all. Um and also, there's original TikTok content that, um, especially education, like a lot of the thing that we're doing with TikTok right now is focused on education or DIY content. Not uh, like I think they sent us um, some some paperwork, and one of the things was like no dancing 
content. <laughs> Please, no dancing content. Brian can't teach them to dance? Uh, you, I guess, I think it said like no lip synced dancing or something like that. It was a very... But if Brian wanted to teach point. a dance move, he could? Um, I think it would be out of the... I think that would be outside of the subject matter that... Uh, but he could teach a dance move. I right? can do whatever he wants. Uh, but uh, I don't I don't know. I guess All I don't right. know the specifics on that. If it was a dance move, yes. it couldn't. <laughs> but we couldn't have a video of him doing like Doja Cat say so. Like you couldn't... Oh. You, you couldn't do it you know the wording on it was very particular about like not all right none of that but he could teach his pop and lock routine i don't believe he could i uh, physically don't think that he could <laughs> do, do, doing strictly education on tiktok giving out toothpaste at halloween well but education it's, it's like we see there are a bunch of kids here and we're gonna teach them a lesson <laughs> it I, is a little toothpasty uh i mean I think on paper it is, but when you see it in action, um, mm. it feels the ends justify the means. No, <laughs> yeah, the end, the uh, the bad ends of like educational content, um, because of the format, because you really are limited to one minute. You have to like all of the stuff when it comes to like doing the, especially with the magic stuff on YouTube. It's like you have to be interesting in the very moment, and then you have to teach it very concisely. Um, and there is like, there is a huge section of TikTok that is really big on like basic education stuff and like creative stuff. Like if you are in the creative space, if you're painting, drawing, whatever, the photography is a, is a big one. There's like a huge demand for that stuff too. Um, and so I, I think it's, 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 it's one thing if it's like, I don't know, uh, public access, uh, Sesame Street, whatever. Um, this is more like Bill Nye in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Before not... he became a curmudgeon. Yeah. Before he became, before he became that guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, you got to reach the kids where they're at. Yep. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's... they're not in school anymore. So like you got to teach them somewhere. Yeah. I mean, also, yes. You know, one of the channels that I see pop up every so often, like uh, as an adult, as an almost 30-year-old adult, a lot of this stuff that is in the educational realm, like I look at, it's it's like when you go on uh, Today I Learned on Reddit and they're like, ah, Today I Learned that apples are red or some really like basic thing that adults mm -hmm. know. Um, and so whenever I see like, basics of finance like here's how you fill out a check like all that stuff um th then that's when it feels like that but i think in our niche uh we are uh pretty unique we're pretty unique you're, you're teaching the kids the information that schools don't want you to know that's right you won't learn this they they this you won't learn too this. hot for the curriculum <laughs> too hot for zoom for zoom teaching Speak, speaking of kids not in, speaking of covid i like the the dudes that me and brant are rocking we're like late 80s early 90s tv stars and i just got this because i got out of bed right before the, <laughs> before the <laughs> we got like that shaggy quantum leap do hmm. yeah um uh, we're also now being joined with uh, Corey Cranfill. Hi, Corey. Hi, Corey. Hey, everybody. How you been? Good, man. Busy? What a dynamic show. 
I know. This Very is dynamic. A, that's a crazy one. So uh, let, let's move on here. Uh, is this uh, is this also you, Brant? The productivity uh, yes. and customization. Yeah. Start us off on this. What's this? Okay. So the, the, there were a couple things that were that were bothering me a little bit about you know workflow and stuff, and I was like, ah, you know, I gotta I gotta figure out a way to fix this. So the first one, I, I found this product called AquaSnap. Um, and I, I thought it was kind of cool. It's like uh, window management kind of stuff on, on Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Windows 10 has a little bit of that. If you, like, drag, drag a, a, a program over to the side of the window, it'll, it'll snap to, like, that half of the window. Um, but this is just, like, a little bit more complex and rigorous. So you can do things like, you know, you can do things like, oh, if you have multiple windows and they, like, snap to other windows... And then you can like move all the windows as one cohesive unit. Um, mm. And there's also like this really cool shortcut that's like um, uh, if you want to snap something to a corner or a half of the monitor, then you can just right click on the edge of the program, um, which is just like really fast and convenient and cool. Um, anyway, I thought it was kind of neat. And it's, um, they actually do kind of a cool thing where they're like, Hey, there's a free version and a pro version. And basically you can have like a 60 minute trial of the pro version and you could just up that as many times as you want. We don't care. How does it work with uh, Premiere? Does it work uh, any differently with Premiere than regular programs? Because with Premiere, you know, you can break it up and separate it. But that's all in one window. I would imagine for Aquasnap that is considered all in one window. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess it would be interesting because you can, you can I guess pop out panels to their own discrete mini windows. Yeah. Be... So if you did something like that, then it it would treat it as discrete. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Interesting. Um. So yeah. so yeah. So you got you got AquaSnap. That sounds that sounds neat. I I might look no. into that because I know I uh that that's I I I kind of like the Windows 10 or the uh, I guess some of that stuff started in seven. I think. Uh, that snapping mm. stuff is all right. Yep. Um. But little finicky it's easy to get off the track for for yeah and, and, stuff. and you also just can't do like with native windows stuff you can't like really do thirds appropriately right um and with this with this monitor it's it's wide so it makes a lot of sense to have thirds or fourths even sometimes mm-hmm. um so it, this has just helped me do that a little bit easier uh something i'll look into if you've had similar problems um another thing I got a stream deck. Oh, nice. And I am loving my stream deck. Stream decks are super cool. Do you guys know uh, the stream yeah. decks? They're in anything button buttons. Oh, you got the casing. big one too. Yeah, you got, I, damn. I got the big one. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hate myself if I don't. Um, <laughs> See, I have the mini one and I immediately, I think I got it on sale. I made, I immediately regretted getting such a small one, but uh, this, yeah, the Stream Decks, uh, those, these are an Elgato product. Wow. So have you moved, yeah. uh, Brent, have you moved beyond your uh, your other one? Because you had a oh, Novation. Oh, damn, I guess so. You had a Novation pad, right? That yep. is no longer and, in use. Right. And, um, and yeah, so I've kind of took this out. This this was um, the really nice thing about this uh, control pad, this, this kind of macro pad, is that you know it's got a little bit of memory on it, so you you kind of load it up with what you want the keys to do, and it works on any computer. Yeah, um, which is cool. But 
I only use it on one computer. Um, yeah, I did. I did like that about it, but uh, I went like the reason I went with the one that I have. I have a little macro pad, but it was like half the cost. I'm like, well, if it could do pretty much everything that that could do, but it's half the cost. Mm -hmm. But I do see the the uh, the thought behind going with an Elgato. Well, and that the, is pretty sexy. The, the I've mm -hmm. always been of the same mindset. Like those Novation pads are very cheap. They're easy to program macros. You can do keyboard shortcuts relatively easy and they'll stick around but the big i think the big selling point on the stream decks is that the software to program them is really good and has a lot of integrations like especially if you're yeah. talking about streaming stuff like all of the streaming software has stuff built in or people have built in plugins for it there's a lot of plugins built in for um uh other other features um and a lot of stuff that like the, the launch pad, I just couldn't figure out without making this cl huge kludgy thing of like switch to this specific program and hit this specific key and then wait a half second and do the, like uh, the, the, it, the software is, is really, really intuitive in that way. Um, and, uh, uh, and so I think it, it is a markup, but I think it's, it's, it's really worth it. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I've been able to do more with the Stream Deck and more easily. Um, and then, like, the the most clutch thing about the Stream Deck, in my opinion. So, like, the, the Genovation Control Pad, it's got, like, 24 keys or so. Mm -hmm. um, the Stream Deck, I got the big one, so it's got a little bit more. It's got, like, 32 keys. Um, but the the great thing about it is the profiles. So that way it's, like, this thing is almost... Everything except for the top row is strictly premier shortcuts. Mm -hmm. um, it is just like, oh, here's how to, here's press this button and move the audio, normalize the audio to negative four, normalize the audio to negative 30, delete all empty tracks, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, with the Stream Deck, um, it can auto switch profiles depending upon what program is active. Ooh, so yeah. if you have Premiere open, it will show all of your Premiere buttons. So if I don't have to. I don't have to remember that I program my macro key for a controlled numeral three in order to different things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and so you you can have some that you can manually switch to. Um, you could have some that automatically switch to. Um, so why you could do like like I uh, because I have the mini one. I have to use profiles a lot. So like when I do the marble mm -hmm. stream, which is this like you know competitive sporty sort of thing, like. I've got a page for when the race is on, and then I have a button that switches it to the next thing for when it's all my sounders for when it's done. Um, it's got like folders. It's very, it's very mm -hmm. expandable. My only, the only thing I don't love about the Stream Deck, and I'd be interested to hear if you have the same feeling, is uh, kind of slow to activate the keys. Like sometimes when I hit something, and some of these are third-party things where they have to ping spotify or whatever but sometimes when i hit mm -hmm. a button it it takes a second and then sometimes it doesn't even work like i think the re actual responsiveness is not great i've experienced that a couple times i haven't found it to be like a super big issue as far as just like pure functionality um but i i haven't noticed that every once in a while like i've got i've got a folder strictly for opening folders um, because there are like a lot of folders that I like to open, but I, I feel like, uh, windows, like the quick access bar is kind of bad cause you can't like rename anything without renaming the whole folder. Yeah. Um, so I've just got this, this set of shortcuts that 
I can open any of my frequently accessed folders or whatever. Um, but the way that it works is that it does like a, a key command that's like Windows R, and then that opens the run prompt. And then it goes over there and it types in the location of the uh, of the folder and then it hits enter and then it opens up the folder, um, which is great and works most of the time. But every once in a while, it's just like it's just a little too slow on the input or whatever. And it just kind of it jumbles itself up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, OK, well, I'll just I'll just press the button again and it's fine. Yeah. Um, so cool. not a huge issue, but I, yeah, I, I have really been enjoying it. And it's the kind of thing where I've been putting it off for like years because I wanted to get it when the Stream Deck originally came out because I was like, oh, this looks really cool. And, you know, it's nice to not have to like print out a paper at, that has all of my labels printed on it and cut it out and put it in a thing. It's just like every button is a display so I can just make a little icon and it's automatically integrated, um, which is great. Um, but back when it came out, I felt like it was kind of lacking because it is so like software focused and it hadn't really been like built up to the way that it is now. Yeah. Um, and they keep and then they keep they even recently they keep adding lots of features like they've got um, multi actions now. So you can mm -hmm. set up more than one command for different calls in one button. Um, yeah, I, I, I use them. I have the dumbest multi action. It's um, it's to make everything go to red alert. So it's it. The first thing it does is it plays the the TNG red alert sound <laughs> um, for like twenty seconds, and then it changes all my hue lights to just like this deep red, and then it pauses, and then it dims the lights, and then it pauses, and it raises up the lights, <laughs> and then it pauses, and it just keeps doing that for like twenty thirty seconds. So that way it does the whole like red alert scene. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it's it's cool, and uh, I feel like it's much more built out now than it used to be. So I'm enjoying that. Yeah. Um, um, any any other anybody have any other productivity tips, software stuff? I'm trying to think. I have I, one last one, but if anybody's got one, I'll wait till they're done. I'm trying to think. There's there's not too too much that I use. I use I guess like I use Classic Shell for Windows 10 to kind of replace the Start menu, but other than that, I'm I'm I I, I work pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, I'm a OneNote guy myself. I use. Oh yeah. I, my whole world lives in OneNote. Yeah. Um. Any? How, how does it? How does it save you time? Uh, gosh, because I have to keep up with a lot. So <laughs> it's basically everything stored in one folder, kind of thing. Mm. So I'm sure y'all have used other note-taking software and stuff like that. So like uh like a Trello or yeah yeah. Uh, but think of that like full enterprise grade craziness. Yeah. Um, and so my whole world lives inside of that. So I have one for one normal life, and then one for everything that we do here. Very cool. And it is uh, magical because yeah. it also you can you can do all kinds of stuff with it. You, all the word documents and all the office stuff that I use daily. Yeah, because that all syncs and you can yep. share it and mm -hmm. all. And very yeah. cool. Wonder. Yeah, so that's that's what I use just to keep up with everything because I've got a lot to keep up with. Yeah. Do you do any of the handwriting, note taking stuff? Because I know you have a Surface. Do you uh, have the pen? I, no, but that's just because I, me and dyslexia and handwriting doesn't work uh, for me personally. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it just doesn't just doesn't work for me. Now I know lots of my uh, colleagues and everything do. They use it all the time, but. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm getting deep into Dropbox again. I've been 
taking up a lot of space on the Dropbox. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I've been reaching out recently um, to some outside editors to help us keep up because we got a busy uh we got a busy release schedule coming up in june mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we got three videos a week except for this week i'm pretty sure every other week Good and talk. maybe more so nah it's not that many john <laughs> it's not quite that many uh i like the ubiquity of dropbox i like that it's like on my phone and on my tablets and stuff uh, I, for whatever reason, I just get really slow upload speeds on Dropbox, oh. which is really frustrating. See, to me, Dropbox is the only one I can use because Google Drive is like, you know, see you next year. Hey, y'all yeah. could try using that, uh, that Microsoft OneDrive enterprise grade stuff <laughs> that I've paid for and offered to you. But, uh, uh, well, so like we're doing, we're doing some of the TikTok stuff and, uh, oh, I guess we didn't talk much about how we're filming it, but we're, we're filming it on my phone using um, the Filmic Pro app, which is really uh, nice compared to the built-in camera app. Um, you can set your resolution and your frame rate. You can do high-speed stuff. Um, you can also, like, they have, like, bit rate options if you, like, really want to be, like, doing cinema stuff. But it really, it really eats through that phone's memory. Um, but... Uh, for, it's it's kind of finicky to get stuff out of it because you can save you can either have the fi the videos saved inside the app or inside your photos app, and um, uh, I I end up having to upload to Google Drive instead of Dropbox just because I just it just takes for it I, I just can't get good speeds now it could be I have at home I have Google Fiber I think generally those things are siloed off where it's not mm. not as uh, any sort of prioritized connection. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I use a little bit of everything. Um, uh, so what was your, what was your last one, Brant? Uh, so my last one is I, I finally, uh, taught myself how, how to, uh, program my keyboard. Hmm. Um, so my, uh, my keyboard is, uh, drop alt, um, which I, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about on the show before. Um, but it uses QMK, so you can like make any key do anything and you can also program custom you know, colors for everything. Um, and there's multiple layers that you can do. Um, it's really neat, really useful. Um, you might notice if, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, um, it's, it's a pretty small keyboard. It's like a 65% keyboard. Yeah, um, it doesn't have a number pad. Mm -hmm. The, the arrow keys are kind of compact under the, under the enter button or they're not compact. They're full size keys, but they're they're not separated out like they would be on a full yeah, keyboard. They sort of eat into the layout. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the big downside to, to this for me was the lack of print screen, which as somebody who uses the print screen like all the time, mm -hmm. every day, um, that was sort of a big thing. So I finally reprogrammed it so that way I have a button that acts as print screen and, um, and you know, I, I changed the colors and I got some other stuff. And it's actually super easy to program. Like, I mean, they, they have software for it and I already knew about that, but uh, I didn't know how to like load the firmware onto the keyboard board. Um, and it's super easy. You just run a script and then you hold a hold a, a, a set of keys to like reset the keyboard and then you're done. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's cool. kind of all I got for that. But it's 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 really useful. It's it's not as comprehensive as something like say a Stream Deck where you can do macros and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can still do a little bit more than your normal keyboard. I have one more anecdote since we're on a subject of learning stuff that's been around for a while. I've started finally learning the uh 
the system that uh, Bryce has been navigating for the last few years. Oh, the the streaming setup we've got. Yeah, here? the okay. streaming setup and the X32 and uh, like the in fact uh, the other day last Friday, uh, Brian was running late and I actually set it up and started streaming it before he got here. Oh, so you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't give him that. You shouldn't give him that. <laughs> make him no, do, make him do his show. <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah, there's there's kind of a lot going on here, but. Um, it makes sense. They've made good decisions with it. So, mm. uh, I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it's some, someone in the chat mentions, you're talking about print screen a second ago. Um, uh, uh, productivity tip, the win, the windows key shift S is like the new version of the snipping tool. It, uh, when, when you hit that, it like grays out your screen and it lets you drag, um, I think in mo I think the default option is to, um, to just copy the image. So like sometimes I'll, I'll have to open up paint and paste it and mm -hmm. hit the crop button. Um, I, but I think there's a way you can make the set it, change the settings so that, um, uh, you, it's like, you can like, like the snipping tool, you can get a pop-up window to annotate and stuff on top of it. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, that's some productivity stuff. Uh, I've never been able to get into the snipping tool. No, I like it. Just it. never come naturally to me. Hmm. Uh, I like it. Uh, it. It's it's one of those things where it's really nice, especially if it pops up very quickly. But sometimes it takes hmm. a second to load, and then that that doesn't. Be, which is the nice thing about Windows Shift S, is that it it seems to be pretty immediate in terms of grabbing the screen and letting you crop and and drag. Yeah, I'm with hmm. I'm with Brant. I just screen capture, and I will deal with it later. Yeah, maybe maybe that's just maybe that's just like like an, an old head thing where it's like ah you've been around long enough you know how print screen works and mm -hmm. you could just figure it out some other time. <laughs> I don't want to be locked into making choices right now. Um, you know, I'll trim it down later ugh. when I'm when I'm in a trimming mindset. Just do it. Just ah. Uh, yeah. uh, we have a uh, uh, another new bit. It's good that we have Corey here. Corey, uh, hey, I gotta go. We'll see y'all guys. <laughs> so we have been, I think, I think we even talked about this last month, but we've been dealing with uh, network connectivity uh, concerns here at at the at the property. Uh, we've, uh, uh, as we found out, that uh, everyone is uploading all the time now, and as a business that uh, kind of requires us to be uploading at very crucial junctions, uh, there's not a lot of bandwidth to go around on. Uh, and when you say everyone, you mean people in like the whole country. Yeah, what other everyone? <laughs> well, when you say when I first heard you say everyone, I'm like, damn, are we all uploading stuff like all the time? Is that what's going on? Uh, sure. I, I mean, everyone, the general everyone, the non-royal everyone, the royal everyone. So, yeah, the human, all of the citizens, uh, the the people. Yeah. On, on the line are all overloading the line and there's a long discussion with we have um we have some folks in some, f some fans who are working the telecom industry and have let us know like yeah they oversell all of those lines yeah. isps are fucking gangsters and, and need to be stopped uh well okay and then that's when we get into the hour-long conversation but, <laughs> um as a sort of backup slash secondary slash um not even an alternative it's just like a double a new facet to our network connectivity stuff we have um uh this is technically a wisp right Corey? Yep. it is a simnet wireless is the company and they're based out of this austin area they do the whole country but uh yeah it is a wisp and so they run off of depending on where you are 
um, basically any carrier they can handle. But in this area, that we, we chose uh, T-Mobile for a handful of reasons, mm-hmm. uh, but stability being uh, the largest. So we, we could probably get technically faster speeds by AT&T right here because we're really close to the tower, but their network has not been as reliable mm-hmm. and the speeds vary more. So, so uh, the WISP is uh, normally for for ISP for, for internet for your home, right? You would contact a, a uh, Spectrum or uh, Verizon has home home internet. Your Cox cable, what what like home, like a wire? You would get cable or uh, maybe fiber run to your house, um, and that would connect you to the internet at large. Yep. Uh, what the WISPs do is. Uh, they do wire. It's the W stand. It's wireless. Wi- a wireless ISP, and so we have installed up on the roof. If if you watch, if you listen to Night Attack, I think a few weeks ago we showed the photo of Brian on the roof installing it. <laughs> yes. Did he finally straighten it out? Is it, is it no, still crooked? No, it's still crooked. Okay. Don't don't say. It, don't tell him it's crooked. It's not crooked. <laughs> it's how it's meant to be. It's great. It works perfectly. <laughs> and uh, so it is a. It's like a. It's like of the antenna on your phone. It's like your modem for your phone connecting to. Like Corey said, our, a T-Mobile tower um, nearby. And so I believe we, when we set it up, we were doing a million different configurations. But I think what we've landed on is that WISP uh, singularly powers um, our encoding computer. So the computer that receives our program signal um, and sends it off to Twitch and creates a recording for us. And our new Opal VoIP device, which we talked about a few episodes of this show ago, which Brant is on this week. Uh, so uh, if he sounds if he sounds nice and crisp, that's I was why. wondering. Hmm. Um, so the, only those two things are on that Wisp, uh, which is about right. Um, I think uh, I think we we get pretty good download speeds in the thirty to sixty megabit per second, um, but our upload can be around nine to fifteen or so. Uh, I it I think it's got good days and it's got bad days, but I think nine to fifteen is. But it's it, rock solid. It's very solid, and so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so we don't. So we keep the other two computers, our switching computer and our media computer, on Spectrum, where they get good, where they get much better downloads, but uh, they can have some stability. So, uh, the, for example, that means that uh, when we do Skype video, so like for for example, we've got we've got Brant on Skype here. Uh, his video is running through Skype, but the audio is running through Opal. Generally, when things are going well, uh, the latency is such that they actually end up syncing up pretty well. Um, but if for whatever reason the spectrum has an issue, sometimes you can see the video degrade or you can see the video go out of sync a little bit with the Opal. Um, and it ends up not being much of a big issue. You know, I've said before, uh, you know, 80 to 90% of the, the, the audience for our, our shows are audio only. So as long as we can keep the audio going rock, rock solid, I, re- I really don't care much at all about having lip sync uh, for, for the video. Um, hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so, so far we've been doing that for, what, two weeks now? We've yeah, two weeks. about two weeks. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's been going great. Yeah, I don't think we've had any issues on that side. We, even with hail and rain. Yeah, I tested today. We had a thunderstorm came through today. I tested it, and it was twenty up. Spectrum fell off the fucking map, but yeah, uh, Spectrum died, but uh, the uh, yeah SimNet stayed stayed up and going. Very nice. So uh, that's that's an update on the new network setup. I think uh, if people who are listening to the happy hours, I don't I listen to that. I don't I don't uh, manage to listen to the night attack happy hour. But I know when there are internet problems, you hear a lot of tech talk on the happy hour. And I 
think there probably hasn't been very much uh, the past few weeks. Yep. So uh, that's on that. Uh, let's talk about some Modern Rogue videos that have come out. Oh, yeah. What would you like to start with, John? Um, I uh, Well, let's just quickly mention the uh, the the Diamond Book Club. We didn't talk about that last time, right? Because that came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, I believe so. The Diamond Club book. Yeah, the we did a video talking about uh, the hoax book slash real book that got actually published and released and and that was a that was a fun video to make just because brian hooked me up with like a huge amount of all the old files and the actual uh book and so it was just fun to go through all these crazy uh you know ted talks he did and and just you know oh yeah because i know when he would go and give presentations one of the ones that he would do is Here's how we hacked the internet with yeah, uh, so it's first book. And also, I guess it's a notable video because it's, uh, you know, one of the last pieces of footage we have with both Brian and Jason on camera together. So that was cool. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. It's, it's cool to see that story get sort of preserved, I suppose. And it, and it was shocking how many people just didn't know about it, like had never heard about it. And mm-hmm. so that was fun. Well, you know, we... Uh, generally don't have very good crossover i think between the youtube channels and the podcast yeah I think the youtube channels are for a variety of reasons just don't promote the podcasts and and i gotta say ever. i'm still i'm a little disappointed that the book is no longer being published like on demand or whatever on amazon like not even a kindle version well it, i don't think it ever it was never on demand being printed oh the If I remember correctly, this was a few years ago. um, They did a run of the of printing the books because we we had them. the 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 store had them in stock. I think we still have some in stock. Um, We so we made a run of prints, um, and then it was mostly like the big push was on Amazon Kindle and iBooks digitally. But the company, I guess, that we paid to publish. Uh, to to publish to Amazon uh, was it AKP or AWP whatever uh, went out of business oh. <laughs> and so they just they it got delisted and no one noticed and uh, we never we never did it. I know that the <laughs> files are floating around again. Yeah, I I actually have all of them. Yeah, um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it would like really a, it would literally out. just take an afternoon of me Brian talking with my friend Matt in LA who is self-published several producers so it would just be like an hour of work uh yeah so so we'll 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 see what happens with that we'll see um but yeah it's it's good that that stuff is that that is one of the topics that you know when it gets brought up everyone gets nice and nostalgic for it um and then uh can kind of get lost in the ether right i mean Hmm. it's like whenever uh, I think even even in the past few months we've talked about like uh, some of our setup stuff and I don't even know that any of the things that we've made are like definitive pieces on how our setup is the way that it is right what now. What do you mean? Or, like, uh, like we did a Scam Nation video or the Scam Nation live stream kind of talking about some of the li- some of our live streaming setup but I wouldn't yeah. call it definitive or comprehensive um, that was really kind of like by the seat of our pants and and also we're constantly changing and upgrading 
Sure, sure. But I think uh, over the years, we've never had... There might have been one many years ago, but I think in general, we don't have a very definitive... Like I, There was even a Reddit thread uh, over the past week that was like, hey, was I know they mentioned the, the setup stuff. Um, um, and someone pointed to the Scamnation one, and um, that's good, but it's not like a sit-down, here's really nuts and, nuts and bolts of what it is. Yeah, like uh, there's... There's a difference, I think, between asp- the aspirational aspect of our channels and the DIY aspect of our channels. Like the actual, like, here's what we do generally versus here's how to do it. Sit down, get a pen. Uh, Brant, do you remember much about the uh, the Diamond Club book time? Because you were here during that, right? Is that right? No. Um, I don't remember if I was working here or not when that happened. I think that was. I think that might have been that like was before right, you. Yeah, I think that was uh, just a little bit before I started working here. But I was. I was definitely around, and I definitely kind of remember that time. Yeah. Um. And you know, back then they they were they were so keen on doing that in whatever way they can because there was like you know any time a scam school book would come out they'd be like everyone buy it at specifically this time so that way we can chart on these things and. You know, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of that, but of course, you know, that wasn't crowdsourced uh, quite in the same way. Um, but yeah, that was, that was an interesting experiment. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Modern Rogue videos, we also had one, John, that you were in. Yeah. Kind of kind of concept, concepted? <laughs> I, I just uh, caught it was your uh, idea. It was, it was early in the morning and Brian was walking by and I'm like, hey, Brian, have you ever made coffee jello? And he's like, what, what, what? And I was like, yeah, like, let me just teach you how to make coffee jello. We'll just film it. And so we made a video of me teaching Brian how to make coffee jello. And it's pretty simple, pretty fun. And uh, I got to say, I think the big takeaway that Brian had from the whole experience was that nobody gave us any grief whatsoever for just like, cause there was no real good introduction of who is this guy? Like, who am I? Like, I'm not a totally known quantity with modern rogue but uh we just made a video explaining something and not a single person was like what's going on they were just like oh cool yeah i like coffee jello or ooh gross coffee jello you know they were mostly all comments about the actual topic so yeah yeah it's one of those weird things where uh you you kind of get the sense that oh people like we have kind of rigid formats and guides and ideas for how the shows look and what what the different concepts for them are um but i think when we this was an an opportunity to break those formats by not having jason in there and kind of being a very specific kind of cooking video and i I think it was promising for brian because what what he said is you know his goal is always to create something that is bigger than himself Mm-hmm. create something that could stand theoretically on its own with or without him and so though it still had him in it but well, i but i but I'm yes, saying, the, like, the idea is there but yes. yeah <laughs> we remove one pillar maybe next time it'll be Corey and bryce doing a show oh yeah what baby. do yeah, yeah i don't know what to think about that have to figure it out maybe you could teach me ping pong oh hmm. yes baby 
<laughs> I'm down. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, how did how did that coffee taste? Terrible. Coffee always tastes terrible. I'm That's true. A coffee gelato drinker. Um, but but uh, the because because did you try? Because you made the one that you make, which is like got the cream and sugar in it. That was delicious. Uh, did you try the one that was just the black coffee? I don't remember if you tried that. I I tried that on camera, and it was it was bad. Uh, like coffee's gross, like whiskey or wine or all the other adult crap that wine's you know. Wine's <laughs> you watch your mouth. Wine's, wine's fine. <laughs> well, there we go. There's uh, coffee Jello. Yay! Uh, remind me of this one. Primitive weapons. I don't even oh. remember this. Oh, that that was another uh, shoot where Jason was there. We uh, we threw an atlatl at a uh, or no, this one, oh, this was, one was yes, it was still yeah. atlatl at a oh the body, body armor. armor. Testing it against the body armor. Do you remember and, this one, Brant? Yeah. Because that that was the one where they were like, oh, we don't have a javelin arrow. Let's drive to a store so somebody can find a javelin arrow. Oh, yeah. It did It did take a couple of hours to get this shoot started because, yeah, we... we what was it? Like the tip broke or something and they needed to replace it? Yeah. yeah. Something like that, yeah. And then we had uh, our friend... Kyle, I believe so. Yeah, That's Kyle. Right. Uh, just at at the end, we just had him get up there with his gun and just uh, take a few shots at the body armor, which is fun. So pretty, pretty simple, pretty uh, fish in a barrel episode in my mind. Like not a lot to it. <laughs> uh, do you? I remember us shooting that. I remember us shooting that and thinking, well, they didn't really prove anything do a good job hitting the body armor yeah yeah they sort of hit it like once with an <laughs> arrow and not at full draw yeah <laughs> which a lot of people in the comments have pointed out to us but i'm comfortable with that i guess because that was what we had <laughs> yeah i suppose so uh yeah, that was, that was a, a a weird one, but I and like it's tough, right? Because it's not exactly precise to aim that little, you know, this throwing spear. It's not easy to aim it. Nope. But, but I, I mean, you could they could also like walk a little bit closer, get closer, and do it by hand or something. Because the whole point was to test if you could break this. Was it the ceramic scale? Of the body armor, the body armor is made out of ceramic scale. No, that's a that's a a, a short-lived type of body armor that he described to us. Oh, I see. Uh, well, in any case, to see if it could pierce, if you could pierce the body armor and render it ineffective, and yeah, uh, is one of those where I, I don't know that we made it to the end of that. End of that one. Yeah. yeah, I I wonder if that one mostly comes down to the fact that we just didn't have the ad uh, arrow early on. And then it caused this big inflation before we started. And we just wanted by to the time, over. like by the time we got back and like ready to go, I think Brian was like, okay, look, like we, we've been here so long. <laughs> we got it. We hit it once. Let's just, let's please just move on. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if, if things were maybe a little bit smoother in the uh, setup of that, that we maybe would have had a little bit more latitude we can... to, we can always results. revisit. That's we, what Brian says, but like that video was a revisit. That was, <laughs> uh, like, That's true. We can re-revisit, Bryce. 
had a just saying really we can revisit it, it sounds sloppy to me <laughs> that's like oh we don't have to try we could just not try again next time i don't think it's a fundamentally i don't think conceptually it's a bad idea it's a but feature I think, not a bug but i think in that instance in that usage it's tough <laughs> i think in that usage it's tough so i just think we can always strive for better <laughs> uh one last thing john i is was is this your handiwork uh it's it's my handiwork uh, i think i, I want to say brant did some recolor correction on there and made it made it sing so this is um yeah. from the end of convergence the zeta provocation chapter three yeah it's, it's just a sponsorship but i was very happy with how it came out because all the so t- tell the people how it so because it kind of it, it looks like brian and jason are in front of each other uh but really they're completely separated filmed by different cameras in completely different backyards and originally i just wanted to have like a literal border down the middle with brian's backyard and jason's backyard and you know brian's hand movements are so wild i wanted occasionally his hand to cross over onto jason's side Uh but once i shot everything and got jason's footage back i'm like you know jason gave me a lot of room and brian looks pretty freaking good like in front of jason's fence like fuck it i'll just (laughs) we'll just green screen the whole thing yeah, it ended up looking looking all right. Brian's, Brian's maybe a, a little shiny in some of the shot. Like you, yeah. I think if you were really looking for it, you could tell the, the that they're not quite the same. But, but like a lot of people nice. think that Jason is chroma keyed out of his his fence, and he is really in front of that fence. Yeah, I think it's his stuff. Looks like it was filmed a little more overcast. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Oh, yeah, so that was that was fun. Was that was Brian shot on a green screen? He was. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he was shot outside in front of his fence. So my original plan was after I was done shooting him, I'd remove the green screen, which I did, and get a plate of, you know, just the fence. And that way I wouldn't have to rotoscope his hand on Jason's side because for the record, I wasted about four hours trying to do that on a previous ad. And apparently Premiere does not understand the difference between grayish brown and skin color, like at all. After about four hours of trying to get 20 frames to track, it just would not happen. You tried to do that in Premiere? No. Uh, After Effects. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, that's problem one, is you shouldn't do that in Premiere. No, After Effects, with, and a little bit of, um, what's the plugin on After Effects? Not Mubi or... Uh, Mocha? Mocha. Okay. Uh, so I think that's it for our topics. Let's uh, move into some, some off-topic stuff. Uh, Brian, what have you been up to? Um, so I, uh, you know, things, things, you things know, wild out, outside, up. you yeah. know, um, and I thought, you know, I don't, I don't want to abdicate the responsibility of being informed and up to date and understanding what's going on and why it's important. Um, but you know, sometimes, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta step back and you gotta like calm yourself down. You gotta have a little bit of escapism, just just a little bit, just every once in a while to keep yourself sane. So I thought I would watch DS9, <laughs> Star Trek. And uh, the funny thing about a show that's built off of uh, uh, like political events from 20 years ago, when things don't change, they're still pretty relevant uh-huh. today. Um. So I've been seeing a lot of parallels in Deep Space Nine 
Um, and that's been an interesting thing to see that like, oh, there are like lessons that they were trying to teach us a long time ago and there's still problems now. Yeah, I mean, the the history of science fiction is, is uh, it parallels the injustices of, of the contemporary world, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think we have fallen in love, especially like right now, like the cyberpunk aesthetic is so as such an in an in vogue sort of look that you kind of miss. Well, actually, cyberpunk has a lot of ties into uh, anti uh, anti corporate, anti capital messaging, into uh, 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 justice for for different. In, in a lot of cases, actual races and species of, of, of creatures, but all, all races, all stripes. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been, it's been there. They've been trying to tell us in sci-fi. Yeah. I mean, like somebody in chat mentions the, the Bella riots, which I, I tweeted about there. There's an episode of DS nine where they go back to the 20th century and captain Cisco talks about how like, Oh, in, in the early 2020s, there was a place like this in every major city where there's just people living in the street because nobody has jobs or a place to live. And, you know, and and, and then there's like an episode where they're talking, they're talking about like a, a, a changeling invasion. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, sh- they're shapeshifters in DS9. Yeah. Um, and they're worried about like, oh, they're going to infiltrate this or they're going to infiltrate Earth and they're going to like pose as high ranking officials or whatever. So Captain Cisco goes up to the plant to the, the 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 president of the Federation. He's like, "Hey, look, this is a real serious issue. You know, anybody could be a threat. They might not look like it. They might look like they're totally normal and fine, but they could be a serious threat." And then the president goes, "Hmm, I think you're overreacting. <laughs> not really an issue." And then you know, who who's to say how that turns out? Um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of like real uncanny situations like that. Nice, yeah, deep space nine. John, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I finished uh, that game on the Xbox 360. Wet. I, I oh beat yeah, you it. talked it about was, this last month. Yeah, and I was playing it last month, and I finally beat it. And it's the first video game I've finished in like five years. And the I gotta say it was super fun, but the ending, the whole entire ending felt like a slap in the face because the last two like bosses you face quick time events the entire last 30 minutes of the game is quick time events and it's only like nine buttons like it's nine pushes to win the game over 30 minutes Mm -hmm. Mm. and it's just awful it's just the most insulting like like i went through the whole game to get to this point and now I'm just like with one hand on the controller, just following, you know, the on-screen button mashing. And that was it. That was the end of the game. It was very hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel but, like that's a situation uh, where, you know, sometimes you watch a movie and there's something that you just look at it and you kind of go, ah, that's a, that's a product of its time. <laughs> um, I, I feel like that's kind of the video game equivalent of that, where you're just like, yeah, yeah, we learned a lot of lessons from back then. <laughs> I, I hope so, because that hurts. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and total more random stuff I'm up to. I watched the movie Hannah. Did you ever see that little girl who gets trained, gets to, be trained to be a killer? No. Uh, it's Eric Bana and a few other really good actors. But it was a solid movie. Like, for such kind of a silly premise, like a 12-year-old girl assassin, 
like they really committed to it and it just it was a really well done film okay no um and then i watched another another film that probably had like three times the budget elysium with matt damon and i gotta say that was way dumber and lamer than i thought it would be and i thought it was going to be really dumb and lame which is why i pirated it to watch on the plane Uh and it was worse than i anticipated and i i was expecting a bad movie for a flight and it was really bad what uh, what is elysium i i i don't it's another movie by who's the guy who made district nine uh, it says Neil Blomkamp. Neil Blomkamp. Uh, this is his sophomore slump that proves, you know, like what Chappie would later show to us, that he's just not good at stories. He's not Goodness. good at, like, finishing stories. You know, after okay. his first one, anyway. Uh, once again, what is, a, what is the film about? No one in this company wants to tell me what fucking films are about. Sorry. We just had this. The film (laughs) film is about, uh, the literal and figurative upper class members of society living in a space station and they have machines that cure them every single day of anything you can imagine. And they won't give it to the poor people because poor people suck. And it's about, you know, them trying to take down the man and change the system and, there was no real thought put into it beyond that. Mm. Like at the very end, they tried to do some structural like things where there's a bad guy soldier who like gets jacked up and he like gets all healed. So he's in perfect health and he gets an exosuit. And so he's like, it's this kind of little montage of him becoming like an ultimate force of badass evil. And then Matt Damon, who is literally dying of catastrophic toxicity, takes a couple extra pills and like grabs a gun and that's supposed to be like the equivalent fight is about to happen like this this you know throwdown is about to happen i'm like uh-huh. i'm like that guy has cancer and took a little extra medicine that's a literal soldier in literal perfect health now with an exosuit what and of yeah. course they have a fight and of course somehow matt damon wins spoilers and it was just uh, it was just a dumb movie it's uh, okay but also like i don't know i'm not gonna i don't i've not seen the movie i don't know okay elysium there we go. Uh, uh, yeah, interesting. I, I feel like I've heard Elysium get mentioned, but I've never seen it. Cost also, enough money. I did not mean to snap. What I, <laughs> what happened was we did Cord Killers last night, and we're trying to figure out we're trying to figure out what uh, the next thing that we should watch on spoiler in time because Rick and Morty just wrapped up. Huh. And Brian had this idea of like, oh, we'll just recommend movies for each other to watch. And so we were. So Brian wanted to take the first one. And uh, he had picked Master and Commander uh, because it's the, the current thing that he's obsessed with right now. And uh, uh, I just like, can you just tell me what the movie is about, please? And he's like, it's like it's like Star Trek, but it's not in space. <laughs> I don't know. It's like Starship Troopers, but it's it's on the wall. I don't know. Just tell me what the movie's about. So uh, I get it. I, 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 the, yeah, the metaphors and the illusion, that's all great. I just want to know. What's going on? Sorry. It's not on you. Corey, what have you been up uh, to? No movies, so no. we don't have to have this discussion. <laughs> no no TV or movies for me. But what's it about, Corey? Yes. Uh, no, so I've been uh, super busy here. Um, been getting tons of new sponsors and then uh, working on a big 30-plus episode shoot, if we get to them all, uh, soon on the Modern Rogue side. So that's been really dominating... Pretty much all my time. Yeah. Oh, nice. uh, but outside of that, um, been doing some uh, metal detecting with my daughter. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Have you found anything? Oh, yeah. 
What? Uh, nothing of value. Oh. But, uh, but it doesn't matter to a kid. <laughs> but well, because you find the coolest hunk of metal, mm-hmm. and you've never seen a kid so excited. Like mm-hmm. we found a spike in the. Uh, it's like a uh, retaining spike. So they hammer it into the ground to hold the retaining fence to keep like water or you know, I mean, uh, like dirt from flowing to wrong areas. But that's the coolest thing for her ever. So mm-hmm. that's been fun. And then I've been beating that brushwood, uh, uh, that brown brushwood <laughs> ass and ping pong. That's <laughs> that's my uh, daily obsession. If I can get him out there and uh, mm. abuse him on the ping pong battlefield, you make it sound. You make it sound worse. Than, I mean, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, baby, very cool. Woo! Huh. You should come out and watch sometime. Yeah, maybe. And then play. Um, as for me, I uh, I just started playing uh, Life is Strange two on uh, the Friday night. Uh, the Friday Night Bryce video game stream. Uh, I started it on uh, this Friday, uh, which is when a lot of the uh, protests around the country were starting. And I did not realize that that game begins with an innocent man being shot to death by the police. So um, that was... Uh, but it's, it's a very beautiful game. Uh, I think it uh, is... Um, if you ever played the first Life is Strange, which is really about teenagers having teenage drama... Um, there is not as much of that in this game uh, so far. Um, I think it's it's really nice. So I'll, I'll be playing that uh, for the next, I think, four weeks or so um, on the Friday night streams. Um, and then, oh, I just finished watching because they have HBO Max out now. Uh, Search Party. Anybody anybody know about Search Party? Nope. No. Um, it's uh, Aaliyah Shawcat, who you might know as uh, Maybe from Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. She uh, is like the lead um, in this, and it's like uh, kind of a mystery show. Like, oh, like the whole idea is like uh, this woman that they that she went to college with goes missing, and even though uh, Aaliyah Shawcat's character like literally only talked to her once or twice, she like gets this like crazy obsession to find and save her, um, and then twists and turns and uh um it's 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 really cool i i think it's coming back on tbs in a few weeks uh but what's it called a search party hmm. search party i think it's you would not want to jump into season three which is about to start airing without hmm. seeing the first two but i think they're only 10 episode seasons and they're like half hours so hmm. a, a really easy watch and like good mystery like actually kind of funny um and and interesting it's very like the a good amount of tension for for you know a, a basic cable um dark comedy like that speaking of 10 episode seasons did you finish that rick and morty yes i did oh what'd you think are we allowed to talk about it yeah that's fine we, we've been uh, covering it on spoiler in time as well uh i think pretty good this season uh i don't have the same conflict that i think s- some fans have of like well more serialized stuff, less serialized stuff, more law, lo- more art, yeah. less art. I don't really like. I I loved the uh, like. I liked the finale episode because it was kind of like a little bit of fan service, but it was definitely an episode where it's like I can't watch this with my girlfriend who has not seen the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So, and to me, I think that's that's a fun trade off. There are some one or episodes and some episodes that tie into the whole thing. Yeah, and you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, Solar Opposites on hulu the new justin roiland show it's it's 
if you're looking for not serialized stuff, <laughs> uh, uh, you could do you could do way worse than Solar Opposites. I think that's, mm. that's really good. Cartoon? Uh, yeah, cartoon. Oh. It looks it it looks like Rick and Morty. I'll tell okay. You. <laughs> Uh, it's it's the Har- it, or not Harlan. Uh, it's it's Royland and Thomas Middleditch voicing the two main characters. Hmm. Uh, it's it's really cool. Uh, this show is also really really cool. It's called The Bizarre Briefing, and you just heard it. Uh, if you want to find out more about uh, past episodes, show notes, and all that stuff, go to our website bizarrebriefing.com. Uh, we do this show once a month. And we do it in audio and video formats, uh, like the one that you are watching or listening to right now. Uh, we do we do this every month. We do it live at twitch.tv slash nightattack. And uh, we post to youtube.com slash scamstuff. We do it at bizarrebriefing.com or on all the podcast directories. Uh, let's get into some plugs. Corey, are you plugging anything this time? I know you normally don't. Plug- modern Rogue. Modern Rogue. Modern Rogue. Here we go. Stuff. YouTube.com slash modern rogue. John? Uh, Twitter, Skeptically Pwned, stuff like that. Nice, Brant. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gatwag, that's G-A-T-O-W-A-G, also on Twitch, where I've been streaming some Astroneer stuff, um, and maybe this week some editing stuff, now that I'm out of the Zeta Provocation thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, just most places with, uh, with that username, also Modern Rogue Show on Instagram and Twitter. Nice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brycus, B-R-Y-C-A-S, that's where I post about most of the stuff that i do uh the twitch channel twitch.tv slash night attack i mentioned friday night bryce uh it's uh, eight o'clock central on friday friday nights uh playing through life is strange 2 i'm gonna have the vod up of that first part if you missed it at uh, youtube.com slash neshcom n-e-s-h-c-o-m i post some of my vods there and uh for these full game playthroughs i'll i'll i tend to have better uh this one i just finished up uh final fantasy 7 remake and so the final vod of that will go up on youtube as well um that game's too long that game is too long for what it is um all right uh anything else any other plugs oh uh, these were real yay nice got it in there these were real uh bizarrebriefing.com all of the good stuff uh for everybody here we'll say bye-bye bye bye diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program <laughs>